Hey everybody, welcome to Game Off Podcast. This is episode 44. What do we got this week? We got Ubisoft off, we got uh, Assassin's <laughs> Creed Valhalla, and Immortal Phoenix Rising. Uh, we also got a fireside chat. We're going to talk about the Borderlands casting. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm your co-host. <laughs> My brain just shit there. I'm your co-host, no, Brent, good. a.k.a. Arcadia, along with... Along with Andy, a.k.a. Saul Talker, here. <laughs> Andy, have you heard about this Borderlands film that they're making? I have heard about this Borderlands film that they're making, and <laughs> this is one of those things where there's just, like, you've see a bunch of names it, it almost feels like it was pulled out of like you did mad libs it's okay <laughs> we need we need a property borderlands good so it's borderlands directed by eli roth <laughs> written by the guy who wrote chernobyl <laughs> name of forgotten 80s actress jamie lee curtis ah oh, perfect for <laughs> tannis <laughs> and kate blanchett because she's she's a good actress what is she doing <laughs> what does she do? I don't know. And then uh, the the very serious large black man in the film will be played by Kevin Hart, <laughs> who is known for his very serious large roles. Yeah, yeah. So and then and then Jack Black as Claptrap. Did you say that already? I can't remember if you said no, that. No, yeah. That this is the one that drives me crazy. But yeah, Jack Black is Claptrap. This this kind of makes me feel like. That, uh, what was it? That that Scoob movie that came out a year or two ago. <laughs> it came out like six months ago. Did it? Jesus, well, man! We, this is like a time bubble that we're. Really I can't. Is. Every day is a week is an hour. I don't know how to <laughs> how to parse it. But there was that that movie that came out, the Scoob one, where they just took all of their established Scooby Doo casting for the last fifteen years mm-hmm. and threw it out. <laughs> yeah. You got Matthew Lillard finding out that he's not playing Shaggy when they announce the cast. What's he like, going to do? Never... Give the man a job. <laughs> Come on. It's Matthew Lillard. We It's all on us to make sure that he's okay. It really is. As a society, we brought him here. We put him into this position, and we're responsible for him. I already donate 5% of my paychecks to Matthew Lillard's fund <laughs> pay for his food. That's just general tithing. We all do that. Yeah, yeah. It's just expected of us. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> not bringing the Mormons into this. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a thing that we, every you know decade or so, someone makes it to an echelon of stardom that they don't, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but we're all fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Ethan Hawke for 20 years. Now it's Matthew <laughs> Lillard's turn. It's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> um, but, so, this, um... The, the casting news today was that Jack Black's going to be playing Claptrap. Um, I, I don't think I'd necessarily have a problem with it if it weren't already for, like, fucking Randy Pitchford and fucking Gearbox <laughs> just recasting roles constantly. And we end up here after two voice actors already playing Claptrap, one significantly worse than the original. And now we have Jack Black, who, I don't, I don't know, like, what what does he do in that position? <laughs> like, how, how do we expect a, a good actor to play a good role that, like, Gearbox themselves is already, you know, give, like, give whiplash They kind of gearbox themselves out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, 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 what's the, what are the realistic expectations for him in this role? 
I can't imagine because like you're already going to be digitizing his voice a lot. So you're going to lose a lot of the fun that is Jack Black that way. Yeah. I also don't think of Claptrap Clap Trap as a Jack Black character. Like it's not, the, I guess the two are both kind of wacky, but in yeah. very different ways. Yeah, he, he maybe is, like, the literal opposite person that you th- would think of when you think of, like, auto-tune or something. It's like, he, right. you don't want to hear his voice fucking auto-tuned. And you want him he, to be, like, has... expressive and singing and shit. And he's got that presence that I think works really well for him because he's a larger-than-life person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, there was some tweet I saw that was that was talking about Jack Black as like the only person that just kind of works in any situation. Like you could be abducted by aliens and you would be like about to be probed. And then there's Jack Black walking in the background, making himself a sandwich. And you wouldn't think it's, oh, it's Jack Black. Uh, it's hey, crazy. Can I get your autograph? Yeah. Like he just he fits. He's got that kind of energy. And Claptrap is not that. Claptrap has weird desperation about him yeah he's like annoying like that's like half of his character is he's just a fucking nuisance sometimes he's funny but he's still a pain in the ass and sometimes he's annoying and always a pain in the ass like there's a whole mission in borderlands 2 about how no one goes to his birthday party yeah <laughs> and i i can't imagine a situation where you've cast jack black yeah. and you can believe no one went to his birthday party yeah. jack black's turning brad pitt away at the door sorry buddy we're past <laughs> right Exactly. I don't, this is, this is what I mean, like, it feels like it's just ad, or Mad Libs. None of these casting decisions make sense if you're aware of what Borderlands is yeah. and you've played yeah. Borderlands. Yeah, I, I definitely am not going to throw any dispersions, aspersions about their characters or whether they've played the games or not. But yeah, it does seem like a very weird role for Kate Blanchett and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Kevin Hart in this in the world, I can definitely see. Like he he definitely has that like quirky energy and humor to him. But like in in oh, that yeah. specific role, it's also weird. It's, if you've played the Borderlands games, just isn't a funny guy. He's he's, he's like not... the one guy that's just straight shooter, right? Yeah, he he's not telling a lot of jokes. He speaks really kind of like even tone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why. Oh, I, I understand why. It's just throw a bunch of names at it. And yeah. Borderlands is a profitable thing. But I, I don't I don't know how the screen, guy who wrote the screenplay for Rocket Man in the 90s is. Oh, but he's also doing the Last of Us movie, apparently. Really? Yeah. He and Neil Druckmann are writing the uh, the screenplay for it. Oh. That was. I thought they were doing like a mini series for that because they. Or, or yeah, maybe not movie. Maybe the wrong term. Yeah, but he he is signed on to write the screenplay for for The Last of Us. Okay, so if one if one burns, they all burn. Is that the plan? I I guess. <laughs> like just, I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe the guy who wrote Scary Movie three and four is the good person to write the screenplay for Borderlands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it just like. I don't know. It just feels weird. Like I have to imagine they pull Randy in for consulting and he's like, these are my favorite actors. And they're like, <laughs> I guess we could talk to them. They don't really suit. Like, I want these guys. <laughs> he, he also got rid of uh, what's his name for the role of Reese in Borderlands three. They recast Claptrap in Borderlands three. It's like, I, 
I, I, can you can you imagine if if they hadn't recast Claptrap and it was still that guy that was originally an employee at Gearbox and who was now going on to voice Claptrap in the film? Like, <laughs> what what a fun piece of thing that would have been for him. Oh, God, I would love that so much, too. That'd be such a great story. Uh, that would have been such so much fun, free publicity for that film. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, this guy did this voice for a game that he was working on at his company, and now he's in a major motion picture with whatever other insane people they get to star in this. <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins as Dr. Zed. <laughs> George Clooney is uh, the sniper guy. <laughs> Mordecai. his name? Mordecai. Mordecai. No, wait, yeah. that was the bird. I think. I don't know. Maybe he could play the bird. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be even better. <laughs> if yeah. Kevin Spacey can play a cat, George Clooney can definitely play a bird. Yeah, exactly. Not above it. None of us no. are. I mean, I'll still see it. I'll still end up seeing this Borderlands movie. There's no doubt about that. But it's. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to see it opening weekend. <laughs> no. It's It's really interesting because it, it seems like they are finally throwing real budgets behind movies now. Like, gaming movies, I should say. Um, just because I like the biggest one I can think of before now, I guess maybe it's Tomb Raider. But before that, it was like fucking Doom, right? And that was before The Rock was like a, a real real star he was just that that wrestler who did acting sometimes are we not counting final fantasy spirits within no or i mean <laughs> I, I try not to who who did the voices for that oh god i mean the budget um, was high but i don't like i don't know if it pulled in any real wasn't actors like james spader in that or james woods what are the jameses oh, i hope it was james spader um, I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> I That was not a good film. That, that almost bankrupted Square Enix because of the terrible budget. <laughs> the scope creep on the thing. Can you imagine a world where that was the last thing Square Enix did? <laughs> Jesus. God, that that's such a weird alternate dimension. <laughs> Truly the darkest timeline. And suddenly I'm grateful to be living in this reality. If only We're briefly. Getting- we're getting a lot of, I feel like this almost has that same feel of like that Assassin's Creed movie where you almost just wonder why is this being made? Who is this for? <laughs> Who is this for? I can't, I didn't even see that. And I played every fucking Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it wasn't for me. And I, I like Michael Fassbender too. <laughs> yeah. The fuck. Yeah. He's good. I like Marion Cotillard. I like Jeremy Irons. Yeah, I, I, so, all, all good actors. I think that's the trick that people that it's taken twenty years for people to learn. It's like you, you can't just make a movie version of a video game to the best of your ability. You need to make a good film and just use the screenplay or you know whatever source material you already have. Like it, if you want to make a game in the Borderlands universe, it makes sense. But like it's straight up adapting the story will never work because it's not that good of a story. The dialogue's no. terrible. <laughs> like, there's so many things that don't work for Borderlands as a movie. So, like, how? There's another topic. How? How the fuck do you make this movie work? Uh, you know, I feel like it would end up being that kind of '90s or 2000s video game movie where it's just two hours of, hey, remember this from the game? Hey, remember this from the game? Hey, remember yeah. when you drive around in the cars? Hey, here's a joke about how the cars don't handle very well. Yeah, like. Just God. that kind of, uh, yeah, almost Tomb Raider-esque. Yeah, the, the Tomb Raider movie wasn't considered very good, and it was like almost a direct adaptation of the first, the remake game, right? Uh, 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm going back to Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider. Oh, you're saying that's the right way to do it. No, I'm just saying that I think that's what they're going to end up oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Is it's going to be camping over the top. It's going to be filled with really ham-fisted references. Yeah. And moments that are like, if you've never played the video game, it's just going to be an awkward moment where everyone's kind of winking at the camera <laughs> yeah. about a thing that happened. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this is. Yeah. I, I don't know what this is a reference to. <laughs> And suddenly you're only attracting people that have played Borderlands, which is a lot of people, like 15 million, but no, they want this movie to be seen by 100 million people. <laughs> right, right. It's, I don't I don't see this turning out well. But I would have said the same thing about a Zelda adaptation. I don't, I don't really get a Zelda movie, and I guess we're never going to, so it's not really a big deal. But... Yeah. Well, we had the, that one cartoon, and no one considers that to be good. That was like the, <laughs> the one from the 80s, I think. Yes. I saw someone recently took that, took a 10 minute clip of that Legend of Zelda cartoon from the 80s and recut all the dialogue with clips from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and like spent a very long time finding a perfect approach. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's way better than it has any right to be. Oh, God. That's awesome. I love when they do that. There's a lot of those in, like, the anime community. I forget what they're called, but they basically just do, like, re-edits of the show and, like, <laughs> add new voice actors and stuff and, like, just redub things that they didn't like in the original series. And a lot of times it turns out better. Like, cause they usually do it for shittier shows, so, like, it at least has an entertaining quality to it, even if it's wasn't total there dog one, shit. Wasn't there one uh, that was famously did that, was called, uh, I think it was called Ghost Story, where Ghost. it was sent over... Is actually sent over to be lo- localized, but they weren't given scripts, so they just made up dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories of this happening. I'm not familiar with Ghost Story, though. I I think it's called Ghost Story or Ghost Stories, and it went from like being a like a serious thing about ghosts to an almost like police squad or naked gun <laughs> over the top, just people making weird esoteric jokes about what's going on. <laughs> That's the correct way to do it, though. Yeah, it sounds great. Oh, now we're talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up after. Oh yeah, do that. Look, see if you can find clips of Ghost Story or Ghost Stories <laughs> English dub. It's fantastic. <laughs> you, you saw the the big news of the the Netflix Zelda thing, right? Since we're talking about video game adaptations. Yeah, yeah. How it got canceled because it got leaked, or another Nintendo <laughs> project got leaked. Yeah, I think, and I think it was specifically Adam Conover who leaked it. Oh fuck course in uh in some kind of like podcast or interview he was doing for someone he just mentioned offhand that he he or someone else had been working on it (laughs) way to go cost so many people their jobs bro (laughs) because that and the um and i think it also led to the cancellation of that um what the hell do you call uh the star fox claymation yeah yeah yeah, and they they now are not like have no plans for any adaptations. Like, that's like a whole other separate reality where now Nintendo is just like a Netflix prop. Like all their IPs are just Netflix properties, and we're getting one for every fucking thing they've ever made every three weeks. Except except for you know when Adam comes in and literally ruins everything. Yeah, thanks Adam. <laughs> we won't forget. No, I'm sure that would have been shite anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, I I don't understand how you make a a game take a game that is entirely about unguided exploration 
and a protagonist that does not speak and turn yeah. that into a TV series. Yeah, exactly. Like the only way you could ever adapt it is as like this weird art piece that no one would ever watch. And then it'd be like, why would Nintendo ever do that? <laughs> like, oh God. See, now you're saying it. Now I want to see that. I want to see I, the I weird art. Yeah. I, I want to watch David Lynch's Legend of Zelda. Exactly. Like that's a film. Like that'd be <laughs> that'd be a lot of film to watch. I would love every minute of it. Like, this goes back of, like, to something Tree that... of Life esque. Oh God, yeah, Tree of that. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> See, this, this is it. This, uh... this comes back to that thing we talked about before, and then made we're made to look very stupid about um, with with LucasArts needing to uh, <laughs> expand out. <laughs> And then the next fucking day oh, after we recording. Got, we got fucking dunked, boys. Yeah. <laughs> what are they even going to fucking do? It's like, this is all the things we're going to do. Oh, how did you even uh, listen to us? Like, we didn't even release that episode yet, you bastards. I think it just shows how prescient and what, what business savvy we have. Because <laughs> we, we knew exactly what the right way for Lucasfilm Games, whatever the fuck it's called, to go. Yeah, exactly. This is what Nintendo should do. Nintendo should take some IPs and just load them out to whoever wants to make a fucking movie about their products <laughs> Just David Lynch wants to make a Zelda David film Lynch. go ahead yeah. go Dar- nuts Darren Aronofsky or something let's see yeah. it <laughs> if Darren Aronofsky wants to make Star Fox go nuts <laughs> that's the one uh, yes now we're fucking talking yeah huh. no, that's it that's what I, I want to see Cronenberg's uh, Pikmin oh 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 now you're talking my language that's that'd be a lot of all right, we're, yeah. we're now that and it's not and it's not like Cronenberg doesn't have um because didn't wasn't he the one who did Existence? He's already yeah. got some some video game knowledge. He proves he understands the concepts. God, give him a chance, Nintendo. <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I want. Like Pikmin in like the vibe of Spacers. That's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Pikmin's heads fucking exploding all the time. Like, I got it. <laughs> This, see, this, we're wasting our talents here. This is what we should be doing. We should be pitching, <laughs> pitchman, pitching Pikmin body horror. Yeah. <laughs> How do we make these connections? We, we need to get ourselves out there. We're going to figure this out. Uh, the perfect film. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a lot of, that's a lot of somehow uh, inside baseball for the, the film industry <laughs> in, in a podcast that's basically inside baseball for the game industry. So, without so this is a this is a podcast with an audience of two. Yeah, yeah, we've... and we've both already heard it, so the listening <laughs> stats on it are going to be terrible. <laughs> oh well, uh, please please be sure to give us a three or four star <laughs> on the, <laughs> the marketplace of your choice. Uh, <laughs> showcase question mark? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's we might as well <laughs> over here. <laughs> Andy, can you tell us about uh, Morton Joe's Penis Rising? Morton Joe's Penis Rising is a film that I pitched uh, to Frank Miller <laughs> just minutes after I came out of the, the the theater for Fury Road. I already had the whole thing storyboarded in my head. And he said, look, I'm already on it. And I, okay, I trust you. <laughs> this, this pitch is so obvious. I've been working on it for years. Come on, man. Don't waste my time. But, the problem has just been getting the funding. That's That's been it. So I'm going to link to my Kickstarter in this episode description to see if we can fill this. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, though, different different thing entirely. I guess I could talk about that for a couple minutes. It's the latest new property from Ubisoft. You may remember it as a game called, I think, Gods and Monsters was what it was originally. Yeah. 
That's what it was known as for like a year and a half, two years. Which weirds me out entirely because like I remember Gods and Monsters as almost like an entirely different game. Just in my mind, it wasn't as lighthearted. It wasn't as bright. Maybe that's, I'm just rem- I'm misremembering it. I do remember it really bright. People thought it was going to be like really in the the vibe of Legend of Zelda. Um, okay, then the I'm just, I'm entirely misremembering it. I'm I might be confusing it with some uh, PS5 trailer that that was that was shown. And I'm oh, I'm are you thinking of Godfall? Maybe. Which... No, yeah, that's it. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, this looks nothing like Godfall. <laughs> no, <laughs> certainly it's, does it's not. It's got a very it's got a very Legend of Zelda vibe to it. <laughs> Oh, just just as pitched. Gotcha. <laughs> it, it's uh, it was Ubisoft Quebec who I think the last thing that they had worked on was some of the Assassin's Creed stuff, Odyssey and Syndicate, mm-hmm. and prior to that had done some of the Prince of Persia's and the Black Eyed Peas experience back in 2011, <laughs> as you remember famously. That's, that's what I remember. Uh, so this ended up somehow going from Gods and Monsters to Immortals: Phoenix Rising, which is a garbage title, mm-hmm. and. I feel like Phoenix, even if you spell it F-E-N-Y-X, is one of those very on-the-nose names that bothers me. Yeah. In games. She will rise again, won't she? (laughs) It's like if someone, any time someone in a movie refers to something as the Icarus Project, (laughs) unless you pulled that name out of a dictionary, that's a very bad name for any project. (laughs) I know where this is going. Are we going to the Sun Boys? (laughs) Like, you may as well just call it, like, this is our new hubris initiative. (laughs) So, Immortals Phoenix Rising is kind of like an amalgamation of all the stuff Ubisoft's been messing around with that hasn't been shooting, and then slapped onto a Zelda game. And and I say that in a good way, because it it is a fun game. I I did enjoy Immortals Phoenix Rising. I haven't beaten it. Uh, I think I'm maybe two-thirds of the way through. It's kind of hard to tell with these open-world games when you spend a lot of time just roaming around and not actually doing the main quest line. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, like... I'm all over the place. Imagine legally distinct Breath of the Wild, (laughs) but not the other legally distinct Breath of the Wild Genshin Impact I talked about a couple of episodes (laughs) ago. You have a type. Yeah, I do. Uh, Because this one is based around the Greek gods, who are in the public domain, so it's cheaper. Oh, for sure. And... And you don't have to create your own pantheon of interesting characters. <laughs> you have um, Prometheus and Zeus are doing kind of this back and forth unreliable narrator thing, telling the story about this hero, Phoenix, and whether or not she's going to be able to destroy this monster whose name was something like Typhlosion or Toreador <laughs> or something beginning with a T. Those are all Pokemon. I, don't, I think Toreador is a, a bullfighter. Probably also a Pokemon. <laughs> Probably. Every, everything's a Pokemon now. <laughs> and so she's following in the footsteps of her brother, who was some kind of warrior, some kind of way. And she gets some cool weapons, like a sword and an axe. And she gets these cool little uh, broken wings that let her double jump and glide around a little bit. So you do a lot of gliding around, and it has that good feel like uh, in, was it, I think it's every Far Cry game where you eventually get the wingsuit. Hmm. And then you feel like, oh, shit, this is fun to go around in. You get that, and you get it really... It's like within the first hour or two that you get that double jump glide thing oh, in cool. Immortals. So that's fun. Look forward to that. Uh, and you're just kind of going around your... It's, like it's very Breath of the Wildy. There are kind of waypoints and things in this world that you can explore, but there's also 
not obvious puzzles that you can solve to get yourself little boons and unlock new weapons that you can pick up and, and use. Much like Korok seeds? Yeah, kind of. Like Korok seeds, but with a more immediate uh, immediate gain. Oh, okay. And not working towards collecting all 450,000. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and you also have your, um, like, challenge dungeons, which are kind of you running, jumping around in the void and, you know, doing, like, little platforming puzzles or timing puzzles. The aesthetic kind of feels like a, a more brighter version of those weird areas in control. Mm. where you're in the you're in that other plane that I can't remember the name of and you're talking to the upside down pyramid static yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no spoilers for upside down pyramid static but <laughs> <laughs> you know I, that's one of the things I like about controls you can make us you can say a sentence like that which makes perfect sense but is also in no way helps someone who's never played the game <laughs> yes. understand it further. It's, it makes sense to me, but yeah, you just spoke shite. <laughs> no one's yeah. going to remember that. No. <laughs> it's like no a, yeah, I so, must look forward to the upside down pyramids. <laughs> it was a great part of the game. I like those areas. <laughs> but this this is, has those that same kind of thing. You go in and you solve this little this little puzzle of jumping and timing jumps and, and platforming and things like that, and you end up with some kind of boon at the end of it. Okay. That sounds uh, rewarding. Basic, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. You can end up, uh, you know, exploring and seeing stuff, riding your mounts, flying around on your wings, and kind of just doing your Zelda thing. Finding dungeons to go into, finding things to fight. It has that, um, uh, that, that, lock on and dodge around mechanic for fighting like you do in Zelda. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like what you're describing right now is like a puzzle platformer. Like is that what the game is? Oh, is there, yeah. Is there there's combat? Definitely, <laughs> there's definitely combat. There's definitely some combat okay. in there. No, you get um you get I, I mentioned a sword and an axe thing, didn't I? Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure I did. It could could just be for show. Like I have swords and axes at home. They're not for actual killing yeah, people. Cause you, that's because you take that. You're, you're a member of that mole ninja religion. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think mole ninjas are just those people that go to like the the place that sell knives in the in the mall, like the, the uh, knives that look like covers of Marilyn Manson albums. Yeah, of course. Okay, no, I didn't know the term, but I know the people that you are <laughs> of which you are referring. Yes. Yeah. I've known many many a. Malt Ninja. The the combat it feels a lot like the Assassin's Creed games, but without all the takedown stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know you right click to or right stick click to lock onto something. You can do your giant hammer thing. You can make spears come out of the ground. You can run into people and do shield bashes. You can stay locked onto people and just do parries and attacks like light and heavy attack. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. My biggest complaint about this game on this, now I'm thinking about it, the default controls are fucking horrible. Oh. Just, I don't know what asshole made right bumper, light attack, and right trigger heavy attack. Oh, that's, yeah. And right and left bumper together are for parry. Oh, that's all wrong. That okay. Now I'm angry. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Oh no, that's the the most incorrect you could be. 
Thankfully, the game is surprisingly customizable with what, like, you can redo all of the controls. You can fuck with the HUD as much as you want, nice. almost like you're you're setting up your HUD in an MMO. Like, there's a lot of customization you can do in there. It's, I was, it was very surprising for a game that didn't, f- like, there's so much more in that aspect of the game than I would expect for a game like Immortals Phoenix Rising that no one was talking about a week <laughs> yeah. after it came out. Yeah, Ubisoft's done a good job with customizability in, like, the meta game, I guess, um, for the last couple of years. I was always really impressed with the settings in um, Watch Dogs Legion and in Valhalla, which I'll talk about later. Mm. It was like, the right direction to go in, despite them going backwards in so many other ways. Yeah, it was, at no point did I ever feel like I was stuck just like, oh, I have to play this with controller, or oh, I have to play this with keyboard and mouse. I ended up doing it in on controller just because that's what feels more natural to me with these kind of games. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine playing a third-person combat, or like a, or a, an Arkham Brawler with a <laughs> yeah. keyboard and mouse. That just feels yeah. like it'd be really weird. Didn't you say but maybe it works for some people. Didn't you say you originally played Dark Souls with, like, keyboard and mouse? I did. I, I did. I, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it didn't work. It doesn't, <laughs> I also did uh, Mad Max with keyboard and mouse for a long time. Oh, no, that's so wrong. But for the aiming, I needed the aiming of that shotgun. Oh, yeah, the, the fucking projectiles in that game are absolute rubbish. Yeah, they're a little better with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah, I Not much, but a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'll like I've I've been playing keyboard and mouse stuff. I played Test Drive Four with a keyboard, and that's like th- those old old racing games with a keyboard are just horrible. Yeah, Mi- was it Mid City Madness? <laughs> Mid City Madness, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to play it in the computer science room in middle school. You, 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 they don't have controllers attached to these machines. And you're not you're not going to bring in your force feed back rumble stick there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they won't let you. It's like wearing a hat in class. We'll take it away. <laughs> oh God, Mid City! I gotta, I gotta. I'm writing that down. I gotta re-download that, and <laughs> play that again. That and Motocross Madness. See if those are as good as I remember them. Dude, the cop mode in Mid City Madness. That's that was so much fun. Yeah. Oh man. I can I, see this. This is a reason to go out and buy a racing wheel. <laughs> play Mid City Madness. Fuck Forza Horizon. I'm playing Mid City Madness. <laughs> I'm sure the controls will really hold up and take advantage of, like, the advanced rumble features and whatnot. I wonder if someone's put out a ray tracing mod for it yet. <laughs> I'm sure it's fully supported. <laughs> Speaking of ray tracing, the, the visuals in... What the hell is the name of game I was talking about? Uh, and Morton Joe's Penis Rising. <laughs> Morton Joe's Penis Rising are okay. At times, <laughs> oh. they look really good. At times, they don't. Like at times they look a little muddy. The enemy design kind of jumps back and forth between something that looks like it would fit in a Greek themed Legend of Zelda game and something that feels like it would be in more of a movie adapt or a video game adaptation of a movie based on a Saturday morning cartoon. Mm. Like they just feel very cartoony and silly. And others feel a little bit more grounded, but still cartoony in that Breath of the Wild way. Okay. 
Yeah, it it's, like it's a bit some disjointed. Serious uh, characters or enemies in Breath of the Wild still, like those mega centaurs. Like they, those didn't look like they fit in Breath of the Wild at all. But oh, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe it is more like uh, Breath of the Wild that I'm giving it credit for. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of it. I, I you know I I had fun playing with it. I'm I'm not finished with it. I do plan on playing more of it because it is a good game, and I I think if you're the kind of person that is looking for a it's like breath of the wild if after every one of those little cinematics where zelda tells you about how she's been fighting off ganon for thousands of years but don't worry take your time <laughs> it's if, if like at the end of each of those cinematics she said but seriously just like go have some fun go explore go check because we're just here to have a good time we're just here <laughs> to have a good time so like come help fight calamity ganon or don't it's no big deal have yeah. a good time go it's make like some stuff way. Go check out a cave. There's some smoke up on that mountain. What's that about? Go look into it. <laughs> yeah, because I guess that's that's one of my stories. Is like, is there is there a story? Is there any urgency driving you through this game, or are you just fiddle fucking around? You gotta go fight Typhlosion. <laughs> and there's you know um, Prometheus and Zeus made a bet as to whether or not you're gonna beat Typhlosion. And uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Another one of those God games where we're all just circle jerking. Yeah, <laughs> watching you I diddle around. Every all the uh, all the humans have been turned to statues or something. Oh, and you gotta chill. you gotta defeat Typhlosion to fight to save them. Spoiler: Is Phoenix Rising not a human? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe who cares? <laughs> I don't want to ruin that for you. This is got some pretty deep lore. I don't want to ruin all that for you. <laughs> It um, does that thing of, uh, sorry, I didn't cut you off, but like the the narrative does that thing that you kind of had back in the old Prince of Persia days, where it was a very clearly unreliable narrator, and the narrators would be like, "Wait, no, that's not what happened," when <laughs> things didn't go the way that they were supposed to, which yeah. is cute at the beginning, but when you're like twenty hours in, you're like, "I don't care, please stop talking." Yeah, I think. I think a lot of these like uh, game narrations sort of got the entire wrong impression about the unreliable narrator from like <laughs> literature. It's like it's supposed to be like an entire ride that you're along and everything's just being misrepresented, not just like two dudes arguing and be like, "No, let me tell you what really happened." <laughs> like that that shit always fucking annoys me. Look, I feel like you're about to start going off on Call of Duty gun or uh, Call of War as gunslinger and I'm not going to have it. <laughs> I've put up with a lot in the last 43 episodes of this, but I will not have you besmirching Call of War as Gunslinger. You're right. I'm sorry. I won't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think that, that this nails it at all. I don't really, I didn't really care at any point about the story of this game, and it didn't, the fact that I didn't care did not affect my gameplay whatsoever. My, my main question about this game really is, and like, like nothing you've said has like dissuaded me from asking this. Does does it just feel like a really sophisticated mod built on top of Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Because in a lot of ways, that's how they represented this game. <laughs> I have not heard it that way before, but that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Heard it here a, first. There's a, there's a lot because it doesn't have so much telling you what to do. 
Like, you don't have that big thing. Like, here are all the mercenaries, and here's the order in which they're going to attack you. Yeah. Kind of like, here's the here's the nemesis system, but not because that's patented now, so we can't make that. <laughs> it, it, it's got a lot less of that, and it's... Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels very much like they built a, uh, a, a new game. It's a total conversion mod. That's the term I was looking for. Ah. It's a total conversion mod for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Did you now? You played a fair amount of Odyssey. Um, mm-hmm. Did you notice any reused like assets and stuff? At no point did it really. Like, it never came to my mind that that was the case. Okay. I never made that connection until you mentioned it just now. <laughs> I, that's that's something that I would. I feel like I'd just be constantly looking for, just because like. I don't know. A, a lot of Ubisoft's history, I'd just be like, where did they cheap out? I want to see it. I need to know. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit jaded. No, I should have thought of that, because after, what was the one? Far Caveman. Uh, Far uh, Cry Primal. Far Cry Primal. Which I remember, that was that was one of the ones that got really reamed for reusing stuff. Yeah. And, and that was like after Far Cry 4, which, like, people didn't really give a fuck about anyway. So it's like, you're just reusing assets and, like, continuing this downward spiral. <laughs> yeah, it's... I did not think of that when I was playing it. And I, if I... If the next time I go back into it, I will be thinking that, and so it'll be interesting to see how much I pick up on. <laughs> well, keep us posted. Yeah, I, I will. Because I know, now that I'm thinking, it, yeah, Ubisoft does reuse a lot of their stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I'll touch on that more in the the next uh, showcase segment too. You know, I think I think what it reminded me most of though is it seemed like they stole a lot of their assets from Hyperscape, so it's mostly a Hyperscape ripoff. <laughs> well, that's the obvious game to rip off, to be honest. <laughs> Do you remember Hyperscape? Remember when that came out last I, year? I, you know, on a on a lark, I was looking through the free games on Xbox, and I was like, oh, Hyperscape, that's a thing. Oh, it's in season two. Who would have thought? <laughs> hilarious i don't even know what it that? is anymore i it was like number 50 on the the top played free games on xbox really like 50 below like no name card games you'd ever you'd like games you've probably never heard of that's a shame remember. like i'm I, like i never i never played it i never <laughs> bothered trying to install it, it. what did it ever not, do to you for you i'm i did not play hyperscape it just <laughs> As, as I was thinking of, <laughs> what other Ubisoft games could I reference here that are... Should I reference Steep? Does anyone talk about Steep, Steep anymore? <laughs> Not anymore. No. I, I thought they were... That studio was making, like, a... Not a Steep 2, but something along the lines of what Criterion tried to do. Where they were trying to make, everything's a race! And then the company folded on top of itself and, like, had to fire yeah. 90% of their staff because they couldn't... Isn't that, uh... Isn't that Writer's Republic? Is that what the their game is? Yeah, like the upcoming sports game where you can like BMX bike against someone who's flying in a windsuit. Yes, I'm pretty sure that is. And you've, I, I, Criterion tried to make that game as well. So I saw the trailer and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Goodbye, this studio. <laughs> Got to get flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, fucking PTSD. Oh. They're going to be making Battlefield games in a week. <laughs> just that one shitty map that no one ever wants to play they disable in matchmaking uh, well at least the uh, Criterion's back to make a need for speed games uh, okay. <laughs> any any final thoughts 
Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I don't mind that I paid full price for it. I don't have a problem with... Like, all the stuff that I didn't like about it, like the garbage controls, were easily fixed. Or that okay. I didn't care about the narration was easily ignored. <laughs> Turn the volume down, blast up Vanga Boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, Vanga Boys actually put out an unplugged album last year. Did you hear about this? Did you see this? Like 2019? 2020? Oh, God. What? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What year is this? <laughs> that was a correction. 2020? <laughs> question mark? 2019. They put out an unplugged EP Decades ago. with uh, uh, unplugged versions of Boom, 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 and We're Going to Ibiza. <laughs> oh, check them out. Check out Unplugged Boom, 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 Boom. It's fucking great. I, I cannot conceptualize that whatsoever, so I will have to look this it up is, after. It is so much better than it has any right to be. If you remind like, me, definitely send I, me a link. I will. I will. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, you know, about like A plus for Venga Boys and like a solid B for Immortal Phoenix Rising. That's not so bad. Yeah. So bad. Higher higher than I imagined. Me too. I was <laughs> surprised. I, hell, I'm surprised now as we're having this conversation. <laughs> Fond memories. <laughs> How about you? What have you been? You've been playing that uh, Assassin's Creed Viking game. Yeah. Tell me about that. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is, I'd, I'd say it's the third game in the new wave of... Assassin's Creed games. It's very much in the vein of Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, while it also is probably paying the most homages to the old games in the series, um, most memorably probably Assassin's Creed 2, um, and obviously there's a little bit of Assassin's Creed 4 in there with the boat business and the raiding and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, so Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, for those of you who haven't played 400 of these games in this franchise, because there are just about 400, <laughs> um, the the assassination part of it originally sort of alluded to a stealth, stealthy sort, more stealthy actiony gameplay. Um, Remember that? Remember those yeah, days? Not really. It's been a long time. Um, but it, nowadays, it's more. It's a, a mix of like brawler like sword combat or weapon combat you know a little bit of souls mechanics now even now more than ever there's like you literally have like the the souls-esque potions that you can upgrade the number of and the potency of and stuff like that <laughs> um but yeah it's it's mostly like rpg action oriented exploration huge world uh, valhalla takes place despite the name valhalla takes place in england um in the, the obviously the viking era um, That's a twist. Yeah, what a twist! It's it's one of the oldest games in the franchise. They've they've done this for the 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 new wave three, where these games are set way way back. I want to say this is like the twelve twelve hundreds. Um, so there's not a lot of like huge settlements like you'd be used to if you sort of were playing the Assassin's Creed as it was coming into relevance. Um, obviously, two being in like major locations in Italy. So you had like really dense populations and like some of the main mechanics are like you standing in crowds to blend and stealth and like eavesdrop on people. These games, especially Valhalla, very, very sparse locales. Um, there's no eavesdropping cause there's no way you could hide from somebody on this like barren wasteland of England. Like, um, it's, a lot of what you've sort of probably been doing in the most recent ones where you're 
you try and stealth for a second, you realize that there's not really that many good ways to do it other than running through a bush and leaping at somebody and hoping somebody doesn't see you. So That seems like a good tactic. Yes, I mean, it works a lot of times, but it's it's primarily an action game at this point with RPG elements. One of the things I think is the best about is better about this game than Odyssey is that the RPG elements are like really they're they're like more tangible. Like in Odyssey the whole world grew with you and you basically told the game how much you wanted it to grow with you. So every time you leveled up, like everything would level up with you or you could put it on quote unquote easy mode and everything would be like four levels behind you. So all that leveling up really did was like change the the type of enemies you were seeing everywhere, but it didn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like a real RPG. Like there's no no point to it really. Um but in this game, you you have like tangible growth. When you get skill points, you put them into your giant constellation thing. That's not totally dissimilar from Skyrim. Yeah, you get really yeah. my. It, it, I shouldn't say it's like Skyrim at all. It, it reminds me of Skyrim, maybe visually only. But okay. You you're only you're putting points in. You're getting minor. You get two points per level up, quote unquote, and you're getting minor things. It'll be things like plus two stun potential to your hammer or, you know, plus 1.4 general melee damage or plus two light damage, stuff like that. Like stuff that doesn't make you immediately feel like you've like leveled up into God mode or anything. But eventually over time, you notice it because the world doesn't evolve with you. The world stays the same. It's, it's well tuned. It's, you go back to old areas, and that's when you realize that you can fucking one-shot these fools. But while you're in the current areas, it's paced correctly enough where it's always still a challenge. You're never, just because you were, you know, doing that, uh, like, just swinging your swords for 40 hours on end like you would in Oblivion or something. You're not <laughs> just going to be, like, a god in any area you go to in melee combat, but then you can't jump up a fucking staircase or something like that. So a bit, a bit more balanced. Yeah, I, I would say that that aspect of the game is very well balanced. Um, I didn't, I haven't gotten to the end game yet. I think um, that sort of lends to one of the things I really don't like about the game, and it's so fucking big. My favorite part of this game: no side quests. All of the side content happens like right where the things are. They show up as um, mysteries on the map. And you go and you just do a mystery and it takes you like, you know, like in a 30 foot diameter around that area or maybe like a hundred yard diameter or something like that. But you're not, it's not like you pick up a side quest and then you go fucking 600 miles east and then you come back 600 miles east, which means you're just essentially fast traveling constantly watching load screens. Simply not fucking fun. Right. The the mysteries very well done. I liked how it was just consolidated into this, but still somehow after all that, the game feels so fucking big. So fucking big. It's amazing they have these different biomes, but it just big never in, ends. Big in a good way? No, no, okay, not. Okay, that's. I, I was trying to read, like, are you talking big, like, oh, this game's fucking huge, or like, oh no. my god, there's so much. No, no, like, th- that's something, like, a marketing person would say and have a different inflection and be like, it's so fucking big. Like, get out <laughs> there. And, trying to read. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's so fucking big. Like, it's over fucking whelming. And still, 
somehow there's like not enough of the things you want to do on the map to do. Like the rating is probably one of the things you saw from like conferences, maybe even in trailers or something. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, it it's cool. It it operates well, but even halfway through the game, I've done like five of them, and that's the only way to get this one rare resource that allows you to upgrade your base and upgrade like different shops or whatever in the base. So it's like there's there's simply not enough of it early on. Like you need to progress the story. Like that's not it's not a compartmentalized thing. The base building and the story progression. Because you essentially need to go through the story to build up your base. It's just, it turns out to be an indirect way of upgrading your base on a, on a rail. Oh. So, Ew. but... That's not great. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, the base building I found satisfying, but also not, like, not deep or truly it, interesting. Like, it always felt good to make your base bigger, but I mean, there's an entire, there's like genres based on big, make big base, base better at thing. Like it always feels good to do that. Right. But it, it didn't feel that meaningful. Like it just felt like I was picking the, the most no brain option to upgrade because of this limited resource. It's like, well, I could either like upgrade my barracks so that like my buddies can get fucking tattoos or whatever, or I can get this or I can have a fucking merchant in town, which I fucking need. <laughs> like <laughs> those are the usual options that you have. So now is I, it base building in the same way that like you were upgrading your villa in forensic or whatever, where you're just like, you're deciding you earn up enough resources and money. It's okay. I'm going to select this menu option to build that thing. We're, yeah. we're not talking like fallout Four base building. Yes. No, it was, it's almost exactly the same. As, uh, I think it was Monterigioni. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I said Forenzi. That's not it. Uh, yeah, the, the Ezio di Forenzi. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah but that, was, was, that wasn't the name of his villa area. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Monterigioni, but I haven't played Assassin's Creed 2 in like 10 years now. Um, <laughs> but neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like you said about uh, Phoenix Rising, um, it's not a, not a shock that this game is so stupidly gorgeous it's upgraded on the series x i played it on the series x so it has ray tracing insane fucking uh panoramics insane load times like it's 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 a good looking game and that's one of the reasons i kept playing it for so long is that like it was truly breathtaking um but also like it, it there must be a good game underlying that because like watchdogs legion is the second most beautiful game i played on that console and i I've tried several times to get back into that since, and I keep fucking failing. <laughs> now, I, I have I have two important questions for you. Mm-hmm. N- number one, is there any kind of like the a return of that like education learning mode from Origins? I, I think there are plans for that, but like in Odyssey, and I'm not sure if it came out with launch in Origins, but with Odyssey, it came out like six months later. Okay. I think there are plans to add it. Okay, good. That, that's something that I like. I like the idea that that continues to be a tra- uh, uh, like a, a thing they're doing in these games. It's just such a neat addition. Yeah, and, and it shows a level of I don't know of adding something that might not necessarily sell more copies. Yeah, if, even if they give away ten copies to you know your local library or something, and only enable the discovery mode, like I think that's still an enjoyable experience for someone. 
Oh yeah, I, I remember playing in uh, Odyssey, playing around in the discovery mode, just walking around and looking at stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. Not as yeah, fun as stabbing people, but it's still a fun time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the only beef I have with it, and I know this was a, a major controversy at the time, and this is definitely crossed over into Valhalla, um, is that they're like they would censor statues, like yeah, statues like. God forbid there's stone nipples on statues as they all really looked like. And there's no like there's no notes or anything. It's like, oh, we've censored this for, you know, young eyes who can't possibly look at stone nipples. But it's just like there. And like, that's the representation a lot of children will see is like, oh, wow, they really like shells on, you know, these these nude models. And that is carried over like tenfold into Valhalla because like even in the base game, there's shells on the fucking statues and there's a a nudity option that you can toggle on and off and i had it on because it's like gives a fuck it's like boobies like (laughs) right it doesn't fucking offend (laughs) me it's boobies in a game about murder exactly and you one of the early mysteries that you find is like uh, around this nudist colony and they're not naked they're all just wearing clothes and i looked online is like oh yeah the nudity filter does nothing it's just it's always on like you there aren't boobs in this game like it's completely censored so that's i, I don't know what the <laughs> what fuck the they're fuck? doing and why like <laughs> I mean, it's a goddamn French company, boys. Like, if... Yeah, but this is going to be one of those things where you find out it helps sell games in China or something. Yeah. Like, that, that's... It doesn't matter where it came from or what you felt. Like, now, it's, it can't happen because if it had it in there, it wouldn't be able to sell sell games in this major market. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's that's obviously a fucking snake's nest I'm not going to go down. But it's it was, it was stupid and annoying and frustrating, to say the least. Otherwise, I guess my only note is really that the, there's, I guess, a crafting system in the game. Um, well. there it's it's very similar to the old games. I like how simple they've made it. Like, I really don't want to have 500 items in my Smith's Mass and Screed where I want to Smith's Mass people. I just <laughs> I just want to get upgrades by doing by either hunting the boar or or hunting the mining node. <laughs> That's all it really is. Um, the uh, no. but like. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, no, go ahead. I'll ask you after. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, the the only real problem with, like, the simplicity is that they make these items, like, the higher tier items only behind, like, later level content when you have to do the story, like I said. So it's just, it kind of sucks in that regard. Like, there's no rare mobs that you can hunt down and get, like, the rare loot and make a super version or whatever. It's just, you, you get leather, you get stone, you make better things. But it's still it's still tied to progression in, in the overall narrative. Yeah, for the most part, like getting like building your base or getting certain upgrades for your body, you can really only get like later on after doing story progress. Ah, see, yeah, that, that but that's been Ubisoft's thing for ages now. Yeah, is like very compartmentalizes come very compartmentalized progress. Yes, yes. You can do the next four levels however you want. But you have to do these four, and then you can move on to the next <laughs> yeah. set of four. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that that holds pretty true. I guess I haven't talked about the combat either. I don't know why <laughs> we just choose. <laughs> we, just... we opt to not talk about combat in uh, Ubisoft games, and it's because it's fine. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I I assumed. I, I just assumed that's what it was without you even saying it. <laughs> it's fine. You, you do the dodgy rolls. You do the parries. Um, you, gear is not as. Um, 
overflowing as it was in Odyssey, where you were just getting fucking gear constantly. You'll get gear rarely, and you can upgrade that gear, and it'll be part of different gear sets always. Um, so it feels more meaningful when you get gear, other than it being absolute fucking trash, like it was in Odyssey. <laughs> like, absolute trash all the time. Waste of my time. I like this system much better. Keeps it simple. Um, has minimal like depending on your build you'll you're gonna want to use different gear sets because there's like the way of the bear the way of the wolf and the way of the raven and the three trees sort of let you get stronger with one of those ways um but those trees one of the things i do like about it is those trees aren't like like this is all ranged abilities like you don't like playing (laughs) range you're not gonna ever fucking go down here it's like no there's like there's a lot of good stuff mixed in there um like i think the tree that like leans more ranged it has it still has melee abilities and buffs in there but also like that's how you get like the adrenaline increases so you can use abilities more okay um, which has other benefits if you've gone into other trees so there's synergies amongst the trees i honestly like i'm i'm sort of gushing because i really like the skill tree in this game um but the the combat way is like i guess because it's such a slow crawl it doesn't you don't ever really see it that much in the combat and so yeah whatever combat's fine let me ask you this this is important Mm -hmm. i don't want you to lie to me i wouldn't all right does it still have the animus and abstergo in it (laughs) yeah Ah, yeah yeah it's like animus animus 3.9 or some shit it's it's more mobile it has it still has the the worst uh, overworld protagonist ever created, Layla, which started in Origins, I think. Mm-hmm. Layla, Layla is the worst. I hate her so much. I hate her stupid fucking face, her stupid mouth. I don't even... I tried to forget... I forgot. I, I forgot. Thank you. Now I'm in a fucking rage. Ah! <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. <laughs> anyway. Like, it's just... There's no need for it anymore, guys. No one cares about Abstergo and the Animus. You can yeah. just make a game set in the past. You know, it's it's always like whatever. Like once you get into it, you've always forget about it, and then it just jerks you out of the game. And it's like now you're gonna walk around this hotel and or whatever and be pensive about your current situation and read emails. And it's like this is the exact opposite of what I want to fucking do in this fucking game. Like, please, please let me back in. It's like no, go talk to the janitor for ten minutes. Like no. They may as well just take the controller out of your hand and then go tell you to go do a sheet of, like, quick math problems for 10 minutes. Just like, you, go collate that. Go take all of that stuff out of the printer, collate and staple it for 10 minutes. You can come back and play your game. It feels (laughs) like punishment every time. I don't know why they do it. No, it's no one's favorite part of the game. No one gives a shit about it anymore. It's truly sinister, and I, I... it's just like a framing mechanic that they need to, if they want to keep it, they need to find a way to minimize it to absolute fucking oblivion. I think, was it Black Flag where you were like first person walking around the office? Yep. Honestly, of all of these, I've hated that the least because it was like, I don't know, it was like different scenery and no one was talking at me and you could actually discover things, but even that was dog shit. It was, especially like you had to go around and, and like, oh, you got to hack four more computers and read four more yeah. people's emails before you. Like, I just want to be a pirate. 
I yeah, paid you sixty dollars. Let me be a pirate <laughs> now. Let me be a pirate, please. I like my boat. My boat goes. <laughs> yeah, like I, I spent so much time. I was having so much fun, guys. I like this is still hurting me as I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> Every time in these games, and it's at least in the Ezio trilogy. There, there was at least that like, oh, there's a, like you're running around and being, we got to run from Mistergo, and they're gonna, we're hiding in a cave now. Yeah, and you've got to do weird shit because you're gonna be a modern assassin, but not really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> never, <laughs> never goes anywhere really. Yeah, like they like, keep like hinting at like, oh, the next next Assassin's Creed's gonna take place in modern times. Yeah, no, it's not. It's J.K. <laughs> Just make a game set in the past. You can still call it Assassin's Creed. If you made an, if Ubisoft, if you're listening, and I know you are, if you made the next Assassin's Creed game and had no Abstergo animus, you would not get meta bombed of people saying, "Where's Abstergo? <laughs> Wait, this game takes place in the not right now. I don't understand." All the Mario games have a framing device to explain why I'm in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> I care too much about these things. God, it's... I'm so mad that that's still in that game. Yeah, I I forgot they. So I, I had mentioned these mysteries before. They're the side quests. Some of yeah. them are that this fucking monster human Layla actually like zaps into the animus and you do these stupid fucking platforming things like no, up in no. the fucking sky where it's just like oh the animus is glitching you gotta run around as this not assassin lady who you hate and is very annoying for 10 minutes while she just whines and bitches and uh, like oh, oh, oh. And needless to say I saw like I did the first one and then I've seen like three since and I'm just like no I don't have the energy for this Remember back in the earlier Assassin's Creed games, we had to, like, solve Renaissance art puzzles? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Remember when they had Prince of Persia-style platforming puzzles with, like, traps? Yeah. That's, like, yeah, I remember, like, Il Duomo and stuff. Of all the things to maintain from the earlier, like, pre-Origins Assassin's Creed game, the only thing they've maintained... <laughs> that should have stayed back there is the fucking animus abstergo wrapper around the whole game. Yeah. St shitty fucking platforming. Uh, oh God. Okay. Yeah. Well on that high note, I think I've <laughs> got nothing else to add about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I did. I did have a lot of fun with it, but I, I probably got burnt out on it. Like I said, I got halfway and that was weeks ago. I haven't been able to go back because the world's too big. And I'm just like, I don't even know where to fucking start anymore. <laughs> like, this is too much shit to do. That's every yeah. time I play Assassin's Creed game. I, I get that halfway yeah. point, And if something breaks my, you know, you know I, I stop playing for a couple of days. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, yep. That's I. I strapped in play Odyssey for a year and a half, and I like finally beat it like six months ago because the same thing <laughs> happened. Like, they need to figure out how to deal with that, or just makes the games fucking significantly smaller. Anyway, all right, you ready to uh, rate some of these games? Or oh yeah, just let's, just let's two of them, it. probably just rate yeah. two of them. Yeah, I guess uh, should we note for housekeeping's sake that this is the last twenty twenty <laughs> showcase we're doing? I, yep. I kind of meant to mention earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're uh, this the next episode will be us uh doing our little breakdown of the year, doing our showdown, see how everything yeah. goes. Super showdown, tournament of champions, twenty twenty, mega heroes, all stars. F. <laughs> all right. Where? Uh
Where would you rank this game you played? I'm putting this high up there. I am putting this as my number six of the year. <gasps> That's I know. funny. I was going to put mine as six, too. Look at that. Well, two number sixes. I guess it would behoove us to read them off, too, since, uh, you know, this is the last time we're doing these. Question mark? Do yeah. You read yours? Yeah, probably. Question mark? The <laughs> last time we're doing it for 2020. Yeah, Sorry. for 2020. For 2020, yeah. No, we'll be back, boys. You can't kill us that easy. <laughs> no, we're like a we're like a god in a JRPG game. You, need, you can only kill us with the power of friendship. <laughs> and 16 boss battles in a row. Yeah, yeah. But mostly, mostly the friendship thing. Mostly, mostly friendship. All right, so um, I'll go through mine. And I'll, I'll just do these uh, from top to bottom so everyone knows where we are. Top of the list is XCOM Chimera Squad, a game I've completely forgotten about. <laughs> uh, this is just your list, by the this way. This is just my, yeah, just my list. Number two, Murder by Numbers, Crusader Kings 3, Hades, Monster Train at 4, Immortals, Fenton Sacrifice at five, 6, <laughs> uh, Paper Mario Origami King at 7, Deep Rock Galactic at 8, Hotshot Racing at 9, and Fall Guys at 10. Oh my god, Fall Guys. Streets of Rage 4 at 11, Super Hot Mind Controlled Lead at 12, Genshin Impact at 13, Microsoft Flight Simulator at 14, Doom Eternal was last year? What? At 15, oh, Elderborn? What the fuck is Elderborn? <laughs> what, what 16? Game <laughs> what game is that? That was the first episode of this season. What that we is Elderborn? I gotta go do some research. <laughs> at 16, Animal Crossing at 17, and Captain Sue Bosses Heroes of Soccer at number 18. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad because out of all of those, it's Captain Subas is still the one I have like top three interest in. <laughs> like that Hades and I guess Doom. I don't know. Get Hades. You didn't you didn't sell me on, on Doom, so hey, you're probably the reason I haven't played it. I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too, man. <laughs> all right, let's fucking do it. Um on my list uh, at rank one, I got Yakuza 7, also known as Yakuza Like a Dragon in America. Please play that game. Um, I'm, I'm impartial, I promise. Un at number two, <laughs> Desperados 3. At number three, Gears Tactics. At number four, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. At number five, Star Renegades. At number six, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <gasps> Seven, Deliver Us the Moon. <laughs> I always forget about that one, too. Yeah. Uh, eight, Carry On. Nine, Other Side. Ten, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, Eleven, Moving Out. Moving Out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I really should beat that one. Um, Twelve, Microsoft Dungeons. Uh, Thirteen. <laughs> Microsoft Dungeons. <laughs> that, that came out. They said that was a really popular game, and I'm the, like, do, do, really? Are you, where, are you where you said Microsoft Dungeons? Oh, Microsoft <laughs> That's what it is. You know it is. Minecraft Dungeons. It's the same fucking thing. It is. It really is. <laughs> uh, what is it? Thir 13 uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. 14 Ghost Runner. 15 Watch Dogs Legion. 16 Drake. Drake. I can't remember if I read it wrong or I said it wrong all that episode. I think it's Drake or Drake Hollow, but it. I said it, Drake's Hollow, 400 times. 17. Drake's Hollow just makes more sense. It does, doesn't it? But it's it's about the fucking stupid fucking Drake's... Whatever. 17, totally reliable delivery service. I forgot I fucking played that, too. And 18, <laughs> Bleeding, Bleeding Edge. Edge. Bleeding Edge. I remember playing that one. That wasn't a fond experience. Is that even still up? Is that still even they, around for people to play? 
they just announced the other day that there will be no more content coming out for the game, which means no. they're, they're going to shut down servers in like nine months. No, no more content for Bleeding Edge. No, no. Oh, no. You're going to have to work on Hellblade 2 more. God forbid. I am fucking shocked that there's no more content coming for Bleeding Edge. <laughs> I think at its high point, it had like like 400 uh, simultaneous users on Steam or something. This is one of those games that releases with a roadmap that's just a PDF that says no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, poor bastards. Yeah, that's uh, that's 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah. Play, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, you should definitely like us and give us somewhere between three and five stars on your platform of choice. Um, but definitely like us, share us if you know you're a true G- believer. Give us give us three three to five stars on on iTunes. Give us three three. Like, let's stars. and let's. Let's uh, yeah okay wherever fine podcasts are sold but like iTunes it's i you know it's iTunes I know it's iTunes do it on know. iTunes do it on iTunes yeah for sure I gotta make sure we're still on. we're not on SoundCloud anymore um, but I think I think that didn't have any bearing on anything other than maybe Google Pods which I don't think anyone uses anyway um, well if you find any issues we're looking to resolve those please ignore that mm-hmm. yeah find us on uh, Twitter um, we been less active on twitter lately um just because yeah life is strange and weird these days you know what guys if you want us to be active that's on you engage (laughs) us you know like we are only as active as the activity you bring to us okay so if you're like oh why don't they ever do anything why don't you ever do anything on twitter with us (laughs) huh you can't just Some... sit at home and wait for people to tweet at you. Sometimes you have to tweet at someone else. That's what I'm saying. Take a little this initiative. Is... Fuck's sake. <laughs> this is the inevitable part of a, a daily vlogger where they're like, what, what sort of content do you guys want? Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you want? You want you want to hear us talk more about Frank and Patente? <laughs> I do. I, you want, you want to hear I'm me gonna... do my five minutes on Diablo Cody? Let me know. <laughs> It's got a type I'm five on her. <laughs> I, it's true. I've heard it for sure. <laughs> That's right. We have talked about Diablo Cody on several episodes now. I, I've, I listened to a few random ones while I was exercising not long ago. I was like, do we really talk about Diablo Cody this many times? <laughs> like, how does this keep happening? People are going to think I got some kind of complex. <laughs> it's it's just my go-to reference in movie <laughs> stuff because everyone I talk to, like, oh my God, Diablo Cody. <laughs> That's that's the mind blower. It's like, oh shit, yeah, whoa, you remember her? Yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah. People react like it's a like it's some forgotten Nickelodeon show from the nineties. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I remember Diablo Cody. Oh yeah, the Temple of Doom starring Diablo Cody. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Uh. Anything you would like to plug this week? Nah. Nah. Anything that needs to be plugged has been plugged. All right. Probably. Well, f- Find find him on Solid Talker. You oh yeah, we'll figure out how to spell that. Fi- yeah, it's like solitaire and talking, but you tried to write both of the words at the same time. Yeah, you, you chop some of those words up, you figure out the rest. <laughs> it's a complicated <laughs> puzzle, I know. Um, I'm Arcadia, spelled a little bit funny. A R K E Y D I A. I'm on Twitter sometimes. Um, more active on Xbox, Steam, uh, PlayStation. You, Follow me on those as well. All the same fucking name. All right. <laughs> Episode 44 is complete. Good fucking bye. Bye. <laughs>